0: Alto University Podcast. Dear friends, thanks for coming, taking this this time for this uh, uh, seminar. As I would look upon this uh, magnificent life uh, course, uh, I'm saying seminar because this probably isn't really. The kind of course you would expect in an academic context, because it's much more directed to within us, as opposed to towards uh, a discipline content, some some kind of uh, external uh, uh, material that I would try to distribute. So, so the effort is try to make this a context a space for an uh, internal dialogue but it's such an unusual group of people we have in this room right now I, i i feel extremely honored uh by the fact that you have taken the time out for this uh we'll have uh two full days this day and then another one in two weeks time uh But given the fact that we have such a great group of people in this room, what I would like to uh, suggest here in the beginning would be uh, uh, the possibility for uh, some beautiful uh, encounters, some uh, tender and dynamic moments of meeting, uh, with the structure of uh, you standing up and then greeting, let's say, five, six people uh beautifully uh, it, it, it might involve uh, saying something and and of course we have this 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 uh, name tags uh, so so uh, you, you can see the person's name and also the school where he or she comes from uh, and it, it might also involve uh, you shaking hands with the person uh, you know, maybe, Maybe if the situation seems appropriate, uh, a power hug, or or some other form of 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 uh, conveying your enthusiasm uh, for the fact that this person is with you in this, uh, this this on this unique day. So so let's take a few minutes for this beautiful moment of meeting. So please. The the original idea of Aldo University. Uh, was that something like we just saw to happen would happen. Uh, But of course, in in, in many cases, uh, it it doesn't happen. And and, uh, the kind of uh, people meeting uh, one another across the kind of uh, boundaries that for whatever reason exist. And of course, whenever you have the boundary, there's some rationale for it. So, uh, the fact that you have, uh, let's say, different schools, uh, different programs, different disciplines, of course, there's a rationale for it. So, so, uh, whenever people are separated, for whatever reason, there is some rationale. But uh, also, you could say, uh, if you want to reach out to something new, something unexpected, something... Uh, that is based on the human possibility of of connection and uh, the human possibility of connection is is quite you could say strange because so little is needed for it to uh, come about Uh, similarly uh, so little is needed for it to Break down, But if you think about the possibility of a human being to make somebody feel accepted uh, in two seconds, this is possible. Making somebody feel accepted in two seconds, this is something you just experienced. In fact, this is something you did to other participants of our seminar. So you made other people feel accepted. But it's hard to describe exactly what that consists of. Uh, And um, as a general rule when something is difficult to describe when it's difficult to put in words it might start to marginalize particularly if it would seem that the phenomenon in question isn't that important and of course from the point of view of many tasks uh, the human possibility of making other people also involved in the task to make those other people feel accepted isn't really crucial. Because very often the point of the project, uh, group work, whatever task it might be, is one where uh, the core is the something uh, you should accomplish. So therefore, when you come to the meeting, uh, you might greet the other people that also have come to the meeting by a nod. Maybe you say something, hello. But, uh, of course, the norm is quite minimal. So, so uh, you don't really do that much because your focus is on the real thing. To me, this is interesting because it could mean that we uh, leave untapped Unused resources that we would have all the time as part of our humanity. I mean, think about, let's say, uh, basketball. Uh, in basketball, what happens in every day in every game is that uh, your team is assigned uh, free throws. When a free throw is assigned to a team, what happens is that, uh, from the point of view of everybody else but one player, uh, the game is sort of frozen, there's nothing you can do, apart from the one player who is going to shoot the, the free throws. But in fact, you do do something. And uh, what you do do is that as your uh, teammate is taking the line in order to uh, throw the free shots, you're also going to take a line quite close there. And you're going to stand there in a particular kind of way. It's hard to describe exactly what that way is, but it's a particular kind of way of standing there. Some kind of supporting way of standing next to your teammate who is taking the line. And then he... uh, takes the first throw maybe it goes in maybe it doesn't go in but irrespective of the fact did it go in or didn't it go in what you are going to do is that uh, you are likely to take a step towards your teammate and maybe offer your fist and uh, almost without even noticing it he's already concentrating on the next throw he's also going to uh, offer his or her fist, and, and they then meet there. This is interesting because this is what uh, even the best in the world do. I, I mean, it's, it's amazing what people can do, let's say, with their eyes. If you look at the musicians, the best in the world, what they do with their eyes. It's, it's quite astonishing how much you can accommodate it, just with your eyes. Of course, we know this uh, from uh, infant research, that each of us is here partly because of the fact that already at the age of uh, one week, we had this capability of connecting with uh, other people through our eyes. And uh, we also know that uh, had there not been that possibility of connection, uh, our growth would have been distorted dramatically. So, so it's, it's amazing what people can do just with their eyes. So uh, to me what we want to do in the course of this, this seminar is that we are going to tap into our human resources which are there beyond our knowledge beyond the kind of expertise we might have gathered by this time. It's not sort of a competence case. It's, it's a case of something that we all share with one another as human beings, like uh, looking at the other one with acceptance. And uh, to this effect, there's going to be a, a key uh, uh, instrument of, 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 of operating, and, and that's thinking. That reflects my own background. I'm a philosopher, and and uh, philosophers are not really experts on any uh, subject. It's 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 not like biology. It's not like sociology. It's not like mathematics. You're not really an expert on anything. Uh, but there might be an offering that philosophy can give, and that's excitement in thinking. So it's almost like tuning into our instrument of thinking but doing that without fixing the thinking to be any kind particular kind of thinking. because as human beings we have this possibility to think, which means that we can take a distance to what's taking place and, and think something that isn't immediately offered by whatever seems to be offered there, by actual facts. So, we're going to operate with our thinking. And as we are doing that, uh, what I like to happen in this uh, in this space, in the course of this, uh, what seems like my lecture, is uh, quite intense internal dialogue. Notice that very often when you have uh, an event in this space or at the spaces of other University. Very often when you have an event, what a speaker aims at is interaction. Because the person wants to have a connection to whoever he or she is speaking to. And and therefore, it's, it's highly beneficial when people, for instance, interrupt with questions that indicates that they are following whatever the speaker is speaking. So questions, maybe maybe somebody challenges the speaker with some sharp comment. That very often is is beneficial. But should the aim be one where the time you have at your disposal, in this case until 5 o'clock today, would be uh, intense internal reflection. It could be that such interruptions are not really that beneficial. Uh, also, it could be that from the point of view of other participants, they are in fact quite a negative ph- phenomenon potentially. And this is because of the fact that uh, if, if your mind becomes engaged in something that is important to you, it could be that you want to follow your, your thinking. You want to follow your thought. So internal reflection is one where something might pop up and, and something that pops up to you doesn't pop up to anybody else. And this is because of the fact that it reflects your specific unique experience. I mean, you have absolutely unique experience. So it could be that something from your experience comes up. And you want to follow the thought that was suggested by something, let's say an association, that came up in the the course of something that I had said. But is isn't really that objectively, clearly related to what I had said. It just sort of came to your mind. But if somebody then, all of a sudden, let's say behind you, in front of you, comments... Something, uh, what happens is that your thought is interrupted because your internal thoughts are quite sensitive to what happens externally. In fact, so much so that even if there is just the risk of uh, the interruption to come, that already is uh, a hindrance. For this reason, what I uh, never do in my seminars or lectures is that uh, I, I never all of a sudden make a question to anybody and this is because I want the situation to be safeguarded from the point of view of the participant regarding the perhaps highly subjective thoughts that for whatever reason came to your mind and I want the situation to be one where you can trust that you can follow your thought also the idea there is one where I'd like the situation to be highly inspiring. Inspiring. So so something would, as it were, come from within from you. Now, if the something comes from you, it's, it's, it's likely to be different from what comes from somebody else. Uh, to this effect, I find it very useful to have my lectures, although they seem like lectures, to be somewhat unconventional in that it's hard to tell at any given time what the lecture is even about. You know, This, this is not how lectures typically are constituted because, of course, typically a lecture is aimed at delivering some well-thought content. So therefore, if it's a well-thought content, you know, it's, it's useful if people know it's about such and such. Uh, in, in my lectures, in my seminars, this typically is not the case. And this is because of the fact that although I've given so much thought to everything we are going to cover here, although I've given quite a lot of thought, I prepared everything quite carefully, but I'm, I, I, I never really followed the plan because I want the situation to give rise to to something that comes out from that living presence. means that I'm going to use a lot of examples without indicating what the uh, example is about. So there's no, as it were, key lesson that I would want everybody to internalize through a given example. I, I use the example because I think it's it's an important example that illustrates something that I think is, is important. But it could be that its, it's chief significance from your point of view is that it reminds you of something that is significant from your point of view. So, <clears throat> this kind of uh, approach where uh, maybe the following kind of... Uh, uh, story is, is illustrative. Uh, you know, uh, here in Finland, I'm quite a famous guy. Uh, and I uh, have been so uh, since early 80s. So, so uh, nowadays I've noticed that the younger generation uh, doesn't really know me like the older generation knows me. And this is because of the fact that media has changed quite a lot. So, also, I haven't been that much in in, in TV. Uh, I'm not that excited about being uh, 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 in the media as in the the old days. But I'm quite a famous guy. Uh, And and it's a small society. So, some time ago, the following happened. I was in Oulu, in in, the northern part of Finland. And and uh, in the morning, at the hotel, in the breakfast room, uh, there was a lady that was uh, gathering the dishes. And and uh, she looked at me. and said, uh, "You look familiar. Do we know from somewhere?" And I said, "Maybe. You know who knows. You know." Uh, uh, Although I've been married with a special lady for more than thirty years, you know there there is sort of a pre pipsa era, and and uh, so I said maybe. And, you know I met so many people anyway. So 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 the person says, "Do we know from somewhere?" I said, "Maybe." Then he said, uh, "What's your name?" And I said, uh, "Well, I'm Essa. I'm Essa Sarinen." Uh, Whereupon the lady looked at me with, uh, uh, with 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 a bit more keen eye and said, "Well, we all age, don't we?" <laughs> and when you think about it, you know this is true. You know we do age. I mean, it it, it could be your twenty four years of age, but you know uh, it's going to be ten years from today. In ten years' time, and and experience indicates that actually ten years of t- of time goes astonishingly rapidly when it starts to sort of roll. It's 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 amazing how quickly ten years of time can go. Uh, but of course, it means that already in five years of time, whatever your situation in five years' time is, it's going to be different as compared to what your situation now is. For instance, it could be that somebody who is studying with you has made it the big way it's possible. You know, other university, it's I mean, it's an exciting university. Of course, there are, in some ways, better universities. But you can say, you know, this is one of the best universities in the world. So, so uh, I mean, if you think about, uh, yeah here maybe 110 people or so, Uh, we can say it's, it's, it's pretty clear that in 10 years time somebody has made it pretty big who is in this room. But of course you don't really know where the person is because very often people that make it are such that you can't really tell that when he or she is young because it could be that the person is somewhat an introvert. And the fact that he or she is somewhat an introvert means that, you know, uh, he or she is reflecting more, sort of studying something that you can't really see because it's inside more than somebody else. Also, it could be that uh, somebody's style of expression isn't that well established, let's say, at the age of 24. You know, uh, in, in some cases, the person's style is established. In somebody else's case, it, it's not established. My style certainly wasn't established. It's, a, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, you can't really tell that much uh, from people from outside. And, and, and therefore, of course, it could be that you can't really tell even of yourself that much. I mean, it, it could be that uh, you, you've been uh, relatively mediocre in a number of ways, in the number of activities you have been involved in your studies. It's possible. You know, perhaps there's been something where you've been outstanding. But then again, you know, uh, the way our activities are structured are such that it could be that the, the structure doesn't really give an opportunity for you uh, to show what's the best in you, creatively speaking. So, so it could be that, that even when it comes to the kind of contribution that people uh, uh, will address to you, let's say, in 10 years' time. Even in those respects, you know, it, it's it's not sort of obvious that it's precisely you who made it that big in that something. You know, some of the most impressive uh, actors, actresses in the world have been originally shy, which is sort of counterintuitive in some way. And 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 uh, or uh, Jorma Uotinen, who's uh, my good friend, uh, uh, perhaps our foremost choreographer, uh, uh, dancer. Nowadays, of course, quite famed for uh, his, his contributions to some uh, TV shows also. But uh, he was paralyzed. Uh, and and uh, he, he says that the fact that he was paralyzed was so good because he had to learn all the movements anew. So he could sort of sense what given movement is about more than, perhaps, somebody else. So, it's in this kind of context, where uh, the following principles, uh, I I hope, uh, are useful to crystallize some of the key points. Uh, Principle number one says that there is more to us than meets the eye that is good. seems to me to be just a plain fact. It's it's almost like saying a human being has a body. So so to the extent that the human being is alive, the person has a body. But similarly, to the extent the person is alive, I think the person has something good that is hiding. And hiding perhaps also from the person himself or herself. So therefore, uh, you could say, well, uh, if that is the case... Wouldn't that seem to indicate that I, I should perhaps have a rather a merciful look at my, at myself? And if, I mean, uh, when when you study at the university, of course there are accomplishments and tasks that challenge you and also measure you, so you are being evaluated. But of course, the respect in which you are being evaluated is just that's that's only one part of you. Because of course there are other aspects of you that can't really be measured because it could be that those aspects uh, relate to how you are as a human being from the point of view of other human beings. Maybe it's the kind of uh, human warmth type of theme. It's difficult to measure. Uh, and another point is better thinking leads to better life. This is, you could say, perhaps a bit more controversial. But it signals the idea that this is a human possibility we have, that we can think things anew. I mean, you might pick up an experience you have and then think that something from some new perspective. I mean, think about it from the point of view of the following... My personal uh, 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 experience I had uh, now four years ago, not far, far from here, when there was a murder attempt on me by uh, a disturbed person. So, so, uh, th- so the person was waiting with a knife outside the DiBoli building Having checked from his computer the previous evening where the lecture would take place and what, at what time, so he was, he had purchased a knife with which uh, he, he waited there outside the Dipoli building. And, and then when I was approaching the Dipoli building, he approached me and said, Esa, I have a present for you. He held a bag, a plastic bag. Esa, I have a present for you. But then when he was in front of me, he hit with the knife that he had hidden in, in the other sleeve with full force in my stomach. But miraculously, the knife went in in such a way that it, it didn't destroy anything vital. In fact, I didn't even notice it happened. I just noticed that something happened. And then heard uh, my assistant Jaakko was there luckily with me, uh, in, a, in a very determined way, say, away with the knife. And with the knife, and I realized, hey, the guy has a knife. I remember thinking, that's a dirty knife. Uh, it didn't look like there would be blood on the blade, which I think, uh, looking back, uh, was quite lucky. Uh, I mean, just looked like dirt on the blade of the knife. So I, I remember thinking, I better make sure that the guy doesn't stretch me with that dirty knife because the special lady is very worried about this kind of, you know, hygienic things, these sort of germ aspects. That's why I always have, you know, this, this kind of stuff with me at all times. So, 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 uh, so I, I better eliminate the knife and and uh he hit again. I blocked it with my uh briefcase. There's quite a uh cut there, and then somehow managed to grab the knife. We fell backwards uh the attacker landing on top of me. I still held on to the knife because I had a club in my hand, so I was able to hold on to the knife and then Jakob jumped on top of him and 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 uh Uh, shouting, there was a couple of students further down, so Jaakko shouted to those students, hey, come to help us, to take away the knife. And and these students came and helped to take away the knife, so we managed to take away the knife, whereupon the guy, the attacker, uh, uh, surrendered. But it was uh, quite quite disturbing, of course, uh, an event that uh, made big press here. Evening news and everything. So, so uh, after the event, <clears throat> people have asked me quite often, even now, every now and then, somebody comes to me and says, yes, did that uh, murder attempt, that attack, change you in some way? And the answer is, yes. Yes, it did change me. But not in the way that I would be, uh, for instance, more uh, suspicious of people. Not in that way. But in another way, because I, I I couldn't have tell, I couldn't have told in advance before the incident that there's so much uh, hidden compassion in people. Hidden compassion. So the ordinary life doesn't reveal, in my view how much warmth people have vis-à-vis one another. And and this was brought home by what I experienced and what the special lady experienced, what we experienced as a couple after the incident. I mean, we received uh, thousands of uh, messages, quite, quite beautiful, quite encouraging, from people we knew and people we didn't know. And and, uh, and and the most touching of these came through uh, after I had recovered to the extent that I felt I can take a little uh, walk. So so uh, I, I left uh, my home and and started to walk. We live in the center of Helsinki. So so I I was walking on the street uh, Fredrikinkatu and came to the corner of Erikinkatu Erik Street where the traffic lights were on red for pedestrians, so, so I stopped and waited for the traffic lights to change. I noticed a homeless couple on the other side was also waiting for the traffic lights to change. Then the traffic lights did change. I moved ahead and this homeless couple also moved ahead. We met in the middle of the street As this happened, this homeless lady stopped and using uh, the polite form, which is quite seldom used uh, in the Finnish language, uh, but it uh, conveys uh, respect of a special kind. So using the polite form so seldom used in the Finnish colloquial language, she said to me, uh, great to see you up and well. Good luck on your journey forward. It was quite uh, touching. Now if you think about the theme of compassion, of course you already have some philosophy, some view, some thoughts about how much compassion people have. Uh, And uh, your evaluation is based on what you have experienced. So from from your point of view, your thoughts mirror reality. Uh, It's it's not something that you would have made up in your mind. So, So you have some thoughts regarding other people regarding the theme specifically, how much compassion there is in those people. And you are impressed by some people because of the amount of compassion they have. You know, Some people are so generous, so friendly, uh, uh, and, and so respectful. So, so, uh, so you appreciate that. But you might have the view that all in all, people you meet don't really have that much compassion. And and let's face it, that's also partly because of the fact that you know people have their own activities that that sort of engage their minds and their hearts. Even so, so people are mostly sort of directed uh, to other people as functions. So so uh, uh, our culture doesn't pay that much attention uh, to the intrinsic value of other people. So so so. Uh, So you could have a higher level rationale that explains why you believe it's the case that people don't have that much sort of hidden compassion. But of course, it could be that your thoughts could be changed. That's a human possibility. This is what happened to me at the age of 61. I mean, it it wasn't the case that I would have been particularly sort of reluctant to assign to, to uh, hidden compassion dimension to people. It's just that I realized that I had been wrong. And, and uh, of course, the fact that, that uh, I now think that there is so much more compassion in people that meets the eye, from my point of view, means that most of the time I believe that my immediate evaluation regarding somebody isn't right. I mean there's there's so much good in in people than sort of meets the eye, I I think is the case. And and uh, it, and, and uh, this was also uh, highlighted if I uh, go back to the stabbing episode again when I was in the ambulance. And and uh, of course uh, there are countries in the world where the emergency medical system is well developed. So, Switzerland probably has a tremendously developed emergency medical system, but you can say probably the medical emergency system in the country of Finland is among the best, best in the world. So, so uh, I'm in the ambulance, and, and, and there, 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 are, there are these, these uh, paramedics who had the first ones to come, but there was also a medical doctor and, and the medical doctor who had come in a separate ambulance when we were inside the ambulance to which the paramedics had carried me said to the other one of the paramedics of the ambulance that I've been carried into uh, please come in my car uh, I'd like to stay here with the patient although the situation is completely under control that, even today, it uh, touches me quite a bit. So, so uh, then we, uh, we took off, and, and, uh, and the ambulance put the, the sirens on. And I remember thinking, this is good. You know, I mean, this is exciting. I mean, just you know, the thought of the guys not putting on the sirens. When I look back, it's, it's sort of terrifying. I mean, the one time that somebody tries to murder you, you leave the the, the scene, you know, plodding and bleeding, and 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 in an ambulance, and they wouldn't have put the sirens on. It would have been a major drawback aesthetically. So I I was pretty excited to hear the sirens, and and uh, so we leave the depoly building with the sirens on. And the thought came to my mind, how is it possible that I haven't noticed that there are so many good people? Uh, This is also one way that our thoughts can take place uh, beneficially. That some, some new thought comes in the form of a question. In this case, the question was, how is it possible that I haven't noticed that there are so many good people around? And then the reply suggested itself and the reply was quite clearly my thinking has often been caught in uh, surface defects. Surface defects. Because clearly many situations uh, are such that there are defects in the situation. Uh, And and, uh, it could be that somebody caused defect i mean it could be you live with somebody if you live with somebody sometimes what the other one does uh, uh is not that good from your point of view so so uh or also it could be that you are engaged in group work with somebody and the somebody always comes late or there could be other features that sort of irritate you. I mean, life is such that there are so many things that sort of irritate us any day, and this is because life is complex. So given the fact that life is complex, you could say it means that there are always all kinds of aspects that could be better from your point of view. But somebody, at least to some extent, has caused to something to be exactly as it is. So, so there are all kinds of defects, all kinds of negative aspects of any situation but the question is, is, is a given defect, is, is that a real defect? Or is it only a surface defect? I mean, anybody of us could have had different parents in some respects. So, so uh, and, uh, you know, when somebody becomes a parent, uh, it's it's not like, you know, let's say tennis, where you have expertise that is sort of delivered to you automatically. So so if you want to improve your backhand in tennis, because there's any number of people that are ready to sort of coach you in backhand in tennis. But being a parent is different. You sort of all of a sudden become a parent. And you try your best, so it means that, you know, you, you, you don't succeed at the best way all the time. So, you could say any one of us, when looking back, would have had in some ways better parents. But when you ask, well, uh, are his or her defects, you know, how big they are when you look at the whole thing? Is it, is it more like uh, surface defects as opposed to something deeper? You know, this is not the kind of thinking that we often would engage in. But the possibility of our seminar, I hope, would be one that it would provide a context where you would go a bit deeper in your thinking so that you wouldn't be caught with the surface phenomena, the way that you are likely to get caught in the midst of your everyday, where all kinds of external stimuli dominate so strongly. Uh, Also, keeping in mind the fact that not only is it the case that there's all kinds of uh, consciously, manip- manipulatively uh, 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 driven communication that is directed upon each of us. I mean, it's, it's been designed to make a particular kind of impact. So, uh, and, and probably on, on, on some small unit level, you can sort of argue it's it's not a big thing if your eyes happen to see, let's say, something in Facebook. So, so I mean, it's just a couple of seconds. So It doesn't really matter. We could argue. Although, research indicates, and facts verify the fact, that even sort of uh, huge fates of... Uh, the leading countries in the world, in fact, have been influenced by some sort of extremely small manipulative uh, items. So so you live a life where you are being uh, targeted with all kinds of uh, influences, which means that your thoughts are to some extent a function of those external stimuli. Also, at the same time, Many of the stimuli suggest something that seems exciting. So, so it means that your your thoughts start to sort of uh, uh, become dominated by the something that you could have, let's say. And 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 uh, also it could be that that your social environment is one where, from outside, something comes up. Some of uh, some friend of yours has gotten tremendous tickets. For uh, Bruce Springsteen's concert in in Gothenburg, let's say. So so uh, and, and and this this is a particular weekend when when uh, when your grandma turns eighty. So you had original plans of going home on that particular uh, day, but then again. Uh, your grandma doesn't make such a big number of herself anyway. I mean, it's going to be a small party, sort of just family and things like that. I mean, it's understandable somebody who is studying and sort of engaged in all kinds of youth activities wouldn't come. So the temptation could be there quite considerable, given that these are such high quality VIP tickets that this friend of mine happened to got for the Bossi's concert. I mean, this is our lives. So it's in that context where it's uh, very hard to uh, maintain a connection to your deeper thoughts unless you make a conscious effort to somehow dig them out. And and, and this seminar, I hope, is one where something like that would be possible. One way in which that, that could happen is in terms of... Uh, uh, little video cuts that I occasionally intend to use uh, these, these video cuts typically are a couple of minutes only Th- they are video cuts uh, that are pretty easy to find uh, from uh, uh, from YouTube it's it's uh, it, it could be a film clip or, or it could be like in this case uh, oops Uh, It it, it could be, like in this case, the cut from um, the situation in uh, the Atlanta Olympics, uh, where we go to uh, the basketball final during the intermission. When it happens unexpectedly, from the point of view of the audience, that uh, Muhammad Ali comes to the, uh, uh, to the stage. The reason why he comes is because he's going to get a new replacement for the original gold medal he had won in the Rome Olympics, but he had misplaced the original gold. So he, he, he's going to get a replacement. Also perhaps as a signal of... Uh, respect for his contribution in the opening ceremonies uh, where I would say anybody that saw it live never forgets it because uh, he has Parkinson so he has lost the control over his body and this is uh, an athlete whose genius was control over his body under tremendous pressure, so he has lost uh, the Parkinson's control over his body but he hasn't lost his dignity, he hasn't lost his uh, humanity. If if you follow uh, closely as he comes to the court, I think you can sense the emotional momentum building up, although he has lost his facial expressions. To Parkinson's as well. You know, some people have more express- expressive facial expressions than other people. And, and in this case, if you have Parkinson, your facial expressions don't really tell the message of what's happening inside that much. But if you follow, I think you can, you can sense how the emotional momentum is building up. Then he gets the gold medal in, in kind of uh, semi-official little uh, uh, ceremony. And as this happens, he picks the gold up and very touchingly then kisses the gold medal. Whereupon, I'd like you to be particularly uh, uh, alert because in the game itself, in the intermission of which we find here Muhammad Ali, in the gold medal game, there is the US Dream team playing against the Yugoslavia team. So what happens when Ali has gotten the gold medal is that uh, the dream team players come and uh, hug Muhammad Ali. So please pay attention to how this affects uh, him. So so let's take a look. This is about three and a half minutes. Uh, there, there there is uh, Finnish subtitles. Uh, I'm sorry I don't have English subtitles, but the the language is very, very clear and the point uh, beyond words anyway. If you think about uh, what what we saw there uh, as a reminder of uh, uh, as as a reminder of uh, something that quite clearly is beyond knowledge or beyond skills or beyond you, that is natural to describe as competencies such as for instance the fact that in order for the something to emerge that we saw there uh, you needed to have a kind of warmth, the kind of acceptance uh, probably also the kind of touch that uh, the Dream Team players brought to Ali there in this uh, context that would have been quite good without this uh, um, continuation. I mean, had it been the case that uh, the ex-champion would have gotten the gold medal that he had lost, it would have been good. It's just that it wouldn't be what we now saw it to be. At the same time, uh, the situation emerge, emerges because uh, two players first come. The two players that first do come are Reggie Miller and Carl uh, Malone. So maybe they are seated next to one another on the bench. And and uh, maybe the other one whispers to the other one there. Uh, hey, let's go and hug the greatest. I mean, we owe everything to him. And and uh, and they take uh, the present moment as a creative possibility. So uh, you could say that uh, in in many situations, of course. Uh, there could be something that is specific to that situation where uh, the fact that you seize the moment helps you to, to, to make the something emerge. Particularly if uh, it's also the case that people somehow feel what people are capable of feeling in the dimension of what I would call uh, being by your side so, so uh, you know, uh, I've been on this stage uh, maybe 20 times, maybe 30 times. It's, it's not often that I have felt the kind of being by your sideness that I now feel. It's, it's uh, of course uh, anybody that has done uh, music, anybody that has done sports. No, this this feeling that, that you can somehow sense your colleagues uh, in this kind of dimension of support. You know, that, that you feel that they want you to succeed. Uh, but in this case, the being your dimension created uh, the human uplift phenomenon, which is so amazing. Almost magical, magical in the sense that it's it's hard, if not impossible, to describe what it consists of. Even afterwards, it's just that you can see, you know, when something tremendous happens and something comes out. Like in this case, Ali. Uh, it, it's it's one is tempted to say that, that that Ali almost physiologically changes. We can see his smile. Uh, he has lost his uh, uh, articulative powers, but he still whispers something to uh, uh, Charles Barkley, who is the captain of the team. There at the end, it's 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 almost like he he would be uh, all of a sudden broken free from from the iron hand of, of of Parkinson. This is possible for human beings that something comes out. And and what I would like to happen in the course of uh, our seminar is this phenomenon. For you to be able, on the one hand, to be more present to your own experience than perhaps would have happened had you not taken the time out for that. And, and had, had it not been the kind of safe situation where you can engage in your own experience. But at the same time, feeling the kind of connectivity, the kind of acceptance from uh, from other people in the seminar. And and maybe something magical starts to happen thought-wise. So this is uh, my hope for our little seminar. Uh, Let me stop there and and thank you for this concentration. It's really beautiful. Tremendous focus. Uh, uh, let, Let me suggest that we would take about three minutes, little discussion here, and then have a break, and I would continue... Uh, uh, quarter two but, but, but please first uh, exchange some observations, some of your own thoughts with a with, with fellow uh, seminar member uh, and another person for a few minutes and then let's have a break that there are uh, uh, um, toilets, there is one uh, around the corner and then down, down the corridor that there, there are more but, but, uh, and I'll continue quarter two but first little discussion so please turn to to your colleagues for a little discussion before the break.